Welcome to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR.com. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County, and my guest is author Selene Castrovilla, who has a new children's book entitled Revolutionary Rogues, John Andre and Benedict Arnold, which tells the story of the treason of the revolution. The Historical Society of Rockland County is a nonprofit educational institution and principal repository for original documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a four-acre site featuring a history museum and the 1832 Jacob Lawvelt House, located at 20 Zucker Road in New City. We're listed on the National Register of Historic Places and a designated New York State Path Through History site. Part of our broad and challenging mission is to share the history of Rockland County with the people of Rockland County, and we rely on financial support from people just like you. If you're interested in becoming a member of the Society or being a volunteer, please visit our website at rocklandhistory.org. Before we begin today, I'd like to remind our listeners that this is a call-in show, and we welcome your calls. The phone lines will be open throughout the broadcast, so don't hesitate to call us if you have a comment or a question. We'd love to hear from you. Our number here is 845-362-0013. That's 845-362-0013. As was mentioned earlier, our topic today is a new children's book entitled Revolutionary Rogues. This is a picture book that unfolds like a play, telling a story from, the, from American history that took place primarily here in Rockland County. Gravely injured and with little chance for more military honors, Major General Benedict Arnold seeks reward and recognition another way. He contacts Major John Andre, the new head of British intelligence, and another man determined to prove himself. Arnold and Andre strike a deal and use Arnold's intelligence to take over West Point, the strategic American fort. The plan ultimately fails, leading to Andre's capture and death and Arnold's loss of reward and glory. Welcome to the program, author Selene Castrovilla. Thanks for joining me on Crossroads of Rockland History today. Oh, my pleasure, Claire. Thank you for having me. We've discussed the topic of the treason of the revolution before on this program, but it's incredibly exciting to see it featured in a children's book. So thank you for writing this book. Tell us about how it came to be. I've always been fascinated about the psychology of people, um, and in a war it particularly comes out. And, and, and I think there's no one more fascinating than Benedict Arnold, who was our greatest general and really responsible for turning the war around at the Battle of Saratoga and then completely betraying not only his country but the man who loved him, uh, George Washington. So that's how it came about. Was um, I, I heard little bits and pieces about him growing up, but it, just enough to like, really pique my interest. Why would such a man, why, why would this man do this horrible thing? Uh, so that's really, that was the thing that initially started it. And then learning about John Andre, who uh, was the British, the British counterpart, he has an equally tragic story and uh, so interesting. How did he? How did he wind up being hanged? You know, when he was he was a toast of the town in New York City. So learning about these two men just became a, a, a many-year um, research project that luckily culminated with this book. This isn't your first children's book featuring the American Revolutionary War history, right? No, it's actually my fourth, um, although I was interested in Arnold for a long time, and I was, I was working on the other books while I was researching Arnold. Uh, it, it took a really long time to get to the heart of the matter with Arnold. So I, I do have, um, my first one was called By the Sword, which is about Benjamin Talmadge. Uh, many people have now heard of him because he, is the, he was the head of the Culprit Spy Ring, 
which was featured on a TV series, Turn. So it was about his uh, experience at the Battle of Long Island. And then I wrote, about, I wrote another book about the spies called Upon Secrecy, and then one about Lafayette and Washington called Revolutionary Friends. It's encouraging to see these topics covered in picture books, that there's a market for it. Tell us about that. There is a market for it. Um, I don't know if there always was, but things have really expanded where people realize that children do really well learning with, with pictures, but also having a decent amount of text, having nonfiction, as opposed to just the, you know, the usual picture books like Dr. Seuss, things like that. Kids respond really well, and actually adults do too. So this has been a growing uh, phenomenon that uh, I'm really proud to be a part of. So although this is a book written for ages 9 to 12, it is an in-depth look and a complex portrait of these two men. Tell us about that choice. I am not simplistic. Um, although I, I try to make it simpler for younger kids, um, there's just, you, you can't, I just don't think you can make it like one line here, one line there, and really full, show the full range of the story. Um, I really wanted to get it in, in uh, you know, present something meaty enough that, that, that kids could then go on to think about it on their own. Um, and so, luckily, I have a publisher that agrees with me. This is not a popular choice, I have to tell you. Um, a lot of books do are, are simpler, but, I, but kids respond really well. Kids are up for a challenge. Kids like something that has meat to it. I, I do. The kids respond so, so well to this. And, and the book opens up many opportunities for critical thinking and discussion, which, of course... As a history enthusiast, I find incredible and very important. And I, so I'm sure teachers are loving this book, right? Yes, ex- exactly. Well, that's the, another thing about having the book, uh, you know, be meatier and more complex, is, is then we can have further discussion and critical thinking. And I, I, I purposely put a lot of end notes about how I did my research and, and, and bibliography so kids can, you know, really open up their minds to further uh, research and, and really thinking about things. I really want kids to come to their own conclusions about the motives of these men. And, and you know, it's, it, it's not up to me to tell you whether they were right or wrong, or, or it's, it's up to the, I just want the reader to do that and have discussions. So teachers love that because it, it, it opens great discussions in the classroom. It's, 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 been, it's been so well received by teachers. That's great. That's great. And the illustrations add so much to it. They bring the story to life. Tell us a little bit about the illustrator and the way that these, these wonderful illustrations are used throughout the book. I was so thrilled to have John O'Brien be my illustrator. Uh, he is just amazing, world-renowned, 100 picture books and, uh, and, and illustrates for The New Yorker. They're just so beautiful because they're so simple and yet complex in the same way. They're the kind of thing like sometimes you look at a painting, it's like, oh, it seems simple, but yet there's so much there. And he illustrated it like a play with curtains on the sides, and um, so it's like scenes. And of course, the full foliage is absolutely magnificent in Rockland, so luck, they're just magnificent pictures that it's impossible to really describe. They have to be seen, but um, I, couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better illustrator. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about how that works. Do, do you uh, write the text and then he provides the illustrations? How do you collaborate together with him? Yes, it does work like that. I, I never know who my illustrator is going to be. I just work in complete, like a little vacuum. I work with an editor. Um, we go back and forth and back and forth many, many times. Uh, there had to be 50 revisions of this. It's unbelievable. And, and then he takes it 
and illustrates it. I, you know, it's, that's up to the publisher who's the illustrator, and I was just really lucky to get him. Excellent. Uh, you're listening to WRCR and Crossroads of Rockland History. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County. My guest today is author Selene Castrovilla, who has a new children's book entitled Revolutionary Rogues, John Andre and Benedict Arnold, which tells the tale of the treason of the revolution, which took place right here in Rockland County. If you have a comment or a question, don't hesitate to call us. Our number here again is 845-362-0013. That number again is 845-362-0013. So the straightforward narrative in this book alternates between the viewpoints of British Major John Andre and American Major General Benedict Arnold. And at each turn along the road to treason, you really shine a light on the motivations and the conflicted emotions of these two men. This is great because at this point, Benedict Arnold really has become sort of a one-dimensional character in most people's minds. Would you agree with that? Exactly, exactly. And, and that's why I wasn't satisfied when people would just say, oh, he's a traitor and leave it at that. I wanted to know why, how did this happen? And um, so I really wanted to show every step of the way the motivations are key. It's not what someone does, but why they do it. And uh, same thing with Andre. I mean, uh, you know, they're both, they're both real tragic figures, and the only way you can really understand them and come to your own conclusions is if you see everything that happens step by step. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Have you always been interested in history? <laughs> you know, no, not really. I, I have to be honest. When, when I was a kid, I knew I was a writer. I just knew it. It was just there. But if you told me I was going to write about people like George Washington, I would have said, you're crazy. Because I found them boring. The way they were taught to me was boring. It was just the same thing over and over again. You know, things that weren't even true half the time. You know, these, these, these legends that are passed down. And they seemed one-dimensional to me. Um, so, but, when I, but when I found out about what the people were going through, it started with the spies. When I found out about uh, a woman hanging her petticoats as a signal to the spies, and I, and I thought about, wow, that could have been me. You know, I'm a mother. That's when it all changed, and I started realizing, wow, these are real people just like us. And I, I wanted to know immediately more about what, would it, what, what they did and why, because that could have been me. What would I do, you know? Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of other great things about this book. The afterword, for example, which goes into what happened to the men after the story ends. So tell us about that choice. You know, that I think is important because... I think a story doesn't just end, boom, when, where, you know, where you say it ends. There's always more, there, there, there's always repercussion, especially with history. It's really important to understand the implications further on. So I was, I, I'm a big believer in afterward and really explaining. And also it, doesn't, it, it could be written differently, though. It doesn't have to be written as starkly um, and as sort of staccato and even poetically as, as the actual text in, in, in this main story. So there's room where you can really put in extra facts that you really didn't have room for earlier. You know, because when you're writing the, 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 the actual narrative, you have to really be careful. It has to have sort of a rhythm and a, a poetic flow. So you can't always say every single thing. So whatever, what you leave out there, you, you can put in the afterward. Absolutely. Uh, so we have a caller, and we're going to say good morning. You're on the air with Selene Castrovilla. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it sounds very interesting. Um, I, I, I kind of uh, was interested in Benedict Arnold and Major Andre because it did happen here, and I visited the places where they were hung and where they were buried, and I, and, um, 
I think it's a very interesting book. I would love my grandchildren to read, although they don't read yet. <laughs> but where, do, where can you get the book? Is it in local stores or? It's, it's wherever great books are sold. So you can get it online. You can get it at your bookstore. I know all the libraries have it, although be careful. In, in some of the towns, it's already checked out. So you have to get on a waiting list to get it. But it's a great read aloud book, right, Celine? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I've done a lot of school visits where I read aloud, and uh, the, the kids love to, you know, interject their thoughts into it. So it's, so it's always um, very rousing. Um, but you can get it. You can get it on Amazon, you know, online very easily. Amazon's amazing these days, and, and other booksellers. And, you, and there's actually a local bookstore. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but I... Books and Greetings, is that it? it? Yes. Yeah, Books yeah, and right Greetings in Norman. Right. Yeah, right yeah, right over the border. Yeah. Not too far from... <laughs> Not too far from the site where it, the, it, where it happened, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was also fascinated how Major Andre was uh, portrayed a hero in England, and they asked for his body back. The grave, uh, the stone is here. But yeah. They asked to have him come back because he was their hero. And I, I, I have read into it, you know, I, I'm a teacher assistant and a preschool teacher, and when we learn about the history, I find it more interesting, of course, as an adult, because you really listen to the details. The kids, they learn, you know, whatever, and I think this is a great idea to put, um, to embellish on the facts. Yes. Know, because it really is, like you were saying, with the petticoat and all the little details that made history, and not only that, I've always, I've mentioned to some of the children that right where we're standing, right here, I said, yes, we're here standing generations before all of this actually happened. Imagine. So I think it's great. And are you going to be doing more on history? I think it's a great idea. Oh, yeah. Um, I am am thoroughly entrenched uh, in uh, in revolution. American revolution is uh, so amazing to me. So yes, I'm working on another another thing right now, and several ideas actually. But I have one specific one. I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it yet. No, but more are coming. But as we, what you said about Andre is so fascinating. But the British did love him. They loved him so much that they wanted him back. They would have given every uh, prisoner they had in exchange for him. Clinton really adored him. But uh, but Washington was so angry with Arnold that he refused to uh, to do that. He only wanted but- Arnold. So, oh, but um, they yeah. did. But they did take his body back, right? They did. They did. They, yeah. uh, it took a while. He was first right. buried uh, where he was hanged, and then they, and I think it was like a hundred years later that they they finally got him back. And and now he's at Westminster Abbey. I went to Westminster Abbey and I visited where he's buried. Wow, because I know yeah. it's Andre Hill in Tapian. That's yes. I, you go around and you can look at it. I, I was fascinated, and I used to take my my siblings and say, "Look, this is this, and this is this, and this is that." I think personally. It could tie into some sort of, uh, you know, when people, ch- children go away for field trips. We have so much richness right here in Rockland County, so much history. And yes. uh, I think, you know, really that's something that they should do, take a trip and, and learn yes, about Yes, and they the can go to the old 76 house and they can yes. sit in the room where, where Andre was held. Right, uh, It's right. just amazing to be able to do that. We have um, to get field trips locally because yes, it's just like a college. I think it's very important. Right, children want to go away to a college, but you know what? There's good stuff right here in our own backyard. It was great, uh, great uh, talking to you, and uh, I look forward to buying the book. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thanks. You're welcome. So that leads us to a question about your bibliography. So many primary sources and so much rich information in that bibliography. Tell us about that. I'm very um, dedicated to reading every single source uh, that 
possibly could have something to do with it. So that's another reason why my research takes so long. I think you can't get the, the whole story from uh, one side. You know, every, history is all beholden to the point of view of who's telling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I read everything, even like, and some of those books may have the most slight thing, but I still included them. Um, but but my, my most important sources are letters, um, letters from people, you know, diaries, things like that. Um, Andre was pretty interesting, a lot of the things uh, he shared. Um, so, so, yeah, I, but primary sources, it has to be primary sources. Yeah. So, you know, it's so easy to cut and paste when writing today. It doesn't just the presence of that bibliography in a book written for tweens in and of itself provide an important lesson. I think so. I think they need to understand the importance of uh, going to sources and taking your time to do research. That, I find, is a big, big problem with the Internet. Is, uh, kids and adults, too, think they can take a shortcut, you know, and just like cut. You're exactly right. Cut and paste is a perfect way to describe it. Wikipedia. Now, we can't trust Wikipedia. Anyone could write on Wikipedia. Right. You know, but you can take the sources at the bottom of Wikipedia and look at them, and that's okay. But you have to, you have to really be discriminating and take your time. It, life is not this rush, you know. It's, it, researching is kind of like life, you know. It's the journey. You know, mm-hmm. you, have to, you have to really enjoy the process of it. And really, wow, it's so exciting to read these letters and, and these accounts. Like, uh, why would you want to rush through that, you know? I agree. For teachers who are listening, you also have an amazing educator's guide linked to the Common Core Standards on your website for the oh, book. Thanks. So tell us a little bit about that. I can't take credit for that. Um, my publisher uh, has somebody uh, create that that is a teacher, and, and it, it is amazing because there's so many activities and room for discussion. Uh, there's, there's assignments. It's everything a teacher could dream of to, to work with this book. Uh, and and it's, it is available on my website. Uh, they can also request copies of it. Uh, they can contact me or my publisher, which is Boyd's Mills Press. Um, and there's also one for Revolutionary Friends, which was the, the previous book also. Are you a fan of Turn? I know you mentioned it before, Turn, the AMC series about the spy ring uh, during the American Revolution, and Hamilton, which is another super popular story that yeah. takes place in this time period. Have you Certainly seen those? Popular. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Well, I'm really happy that they've turned so many people on to the, you know, to this period and, and, and the stories. Um, but I, I personally, I've never seen Turn because I've been warned that a lot of things happen with the characters that kind of take liberties on them, and, and I'm not too thrilled with besmirching names of people sometimes. Uh, so I'd rather just stay away from it. I'm very pleased, and I, and I know that people love them deeply, and, and so I'm so happy because the spies, you know, I, I do have one book about the spies, and I adore them, so I, I think of them as people I know. Um, and Hamilton I did see, and um, I think it's very entertaining, and I can see why everybody loves it. I'm just such a purist that I can't get past some of the inaccuracies. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm very happy that, that they've, they've brought so much light and so much enthusiasm to the American Revolution. Well-deserved. Very good. You will be in our area signing books and doing readings in the next few weeks, right? Well, I'm going to be at the um, Orangetown Museum on December 3rd signing books as a Meet the Author Okay. Uh, from, uh, I believe it is 1 to 5, and I'm doing a reading at 2 o'clock. 
Okay. Uh, so they can actually, so people can actually bring their kids or themselves, because adults enjoy this too, actually, uh, and they can come and uh, listen to a reading or and get a book signed uh, then. And I am also going to be at the Tepan, I'm probably not saying that name right, but uh, in Tepan Library uh, in the spring doing a reading. So I don't know if there's a date set, but, but the librarian will, will have information on that there. And I, I, I am going to be doing more, si- more, more signings in the area, but that's what I know of right now. That's great. Excellent. You mentioned that you have another book uh, about Lafayette. Tell us a little bit about that book because I think our listeners would be very interested in learning about that as well. Well, Lafayette is someone that deserves so much credit in the Revolution because he came here on his own accord, you know, a teenager that had a cushy life and, and gave up everything uh, to come fight for freedom for us, and we actually rejected him when he, when he got here. Um, but uh, Washington did see uh, the value of having him, and they bonded uh, as father and son in, in a matter of weeks. It's really amazing because it happened in Philadelphia while they were surrounded by the British about to be attacked and and still for this to happen while while such tension and, and major stress you can imagine was going on and Washington was not the kind of guy that really bonded very very easily he he actually loved two people the most he loved Lafayette and Arnold which and and Arnold is the reason why I got interested in Lafayette because when Arnold betrayed Washington when he was gone and, and Washington realized, because Washington arrived just, as, just as, as Arnold was leaving, and Arnold was planning on betraying Washington personally, handing him over to the British as well. And when, when, when Washington was faced with, with, with this horrible, horrible betrayal of, by someone that he loved, Hamilton said, someone has to go get Lafayette. Only Lafayette can comfort Washington. And I said, I need to know about why this French guy is the only guy that can comfort Washington. And those words, while I was researching Arnold, became my, my, the, the impetus for my book, Revolutionary Friends. Uh, now, is that book also illustrated in the same fashion as Revolutionary Rogues? Yes. It is. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're different illustrators, but it's the same, the same kind of thing. Um, they're really meant to be c- companion books. Uh, you know, they're not... It's, they're not intertwined where you have to read one to understand the other, but they're definitely companions. It, it's along the same vein, definitely. It, it did really, really well. It, 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 um, that's, I guess, why I was allowed to continue. That's great. <laughs> Luckily. That's great. You mentioned to me earlier when we had sort of a, when we talked briefly before the, the show that the, the research that you did on revolutionary rogues, John Andre, Benedict Arnold, really was a 10-year process. Is that right? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so that, that's an extensive amount of research. I don't think people really recognize the amount of research that would go into a children's book. Did you ever get discouraged or worry that this was just becoming sort of down a rabbit hole? Yeah, it, it, that is a good point. It is easy to get very overwhelmed by the amount of research. Um, and so it's very important to accurately, you know, just keep very, very... Uh, accurate records and mark, make notes as you go along. Um, I did get overwhelmed a little bit by the amount of research, but I, more, I got more overwhelmed by, like, will people care about this story? I wanted to make sure that it was compelling. Not, you know, it's, you can just, it's so easy to write, like, a really dry account of history that I didn't want that. And, and it, it, it was a problem because we were worried, will people care about uh, this villainous man but I thought they would because he's like the real-life Darth Vader, you know. <laughs> um, and so I spent a lot of time trying to uh, 
state my case. And sometimes when you're really passionate about something, you're not as clear about it either. You know, so it, it was a long, it was a really long haul for this one. I, I tried it many different ways, and it was very, very long because there's so many twists and turns. That was the biggest problem. I, it was very long, and I had to find a way to cut it without cutting out the heart. It, this was an extraordinary long process. I, mostly they take me about three years. Um, and and I, this wasn't the only thing I was writing over ten years. I don't want everybody to think I was just in this little vacuum only <laughs> writing this book. I was writing other things. I was actually I actually wrote Revolutionary Friends during this period also. I and see. I okay. write. I also write contemporary novels and raise two sons. So <laughs> it's not just that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you're very busy then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So we'll take one more call. Hello. You're sure. on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. I'm listening. Oh, we carefully with that interview regarding that book. So my question is, how uh, does this book is a simple English for the parents of foreign language so they can read it, understand it, and to explain to the kids or for their own kids who's really uh, uh, English is their second, uh, second language can be on, or read it and understand it? That's my question. Okay, so we'll, we'll let Selene answer that. It's, the question was, um, is it a, a type of book that someone whose English is not their first language could read, understand, and uh, enjoy? Well, that's a good question. Uh, it does have some complex words, but uh, I think what they would do, yes, I think they could do that if they read it beforehand. And uh, they could even, you know... Sometimes you can skip, when you're reading a book, you can actually skip over a word or two if you want to, and the kids don't know the difference, um, and, and still have the whole thing. So, yes, I think it is much easier than trying to read, uh, you know, an adult, quote-unquote, complex book. And, yeah, I, I think it could definitely be done, but you would definitely want to read it yourself and uh, go over it carefully before doing that. You know, read it yourself and then, and then share it with them. But absolutely, and the pictures tell a lot of the story. So I think I think that... The pictures are a great way to break the language barrier. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely something that could be could be used for that. Thank you so much for calling in. Yes, thanks. The final question I had was whether you had any sort of preconceived notions about Benedict Arnold and um, whether your research sort of dispelled any of those or confirmed them. I actually romanticized him a bit more. I was kind of more gentle on him in my original thoughts. I said, oh, well, maybe he had his reasons. And in the end... I personally don't like him. <laughs> I think that he was a sociopath. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. But that's my opinion, and, and, and the readers can certainly come to their own conclusions. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank you, Celine Castrovilla, for being on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Claire. It was wonderful. The book, again, is entitled Revolutionary Rogues, John Andre and Benedict Arnold. It is out now and available wherever fine books are sold. Keep in mind that all of the information that we discussed and all of the contact information for our guest, as well as a recording of this broadcast, will be available on our website, rocklandhistory.org. I hope you will tune in to the next Crossroads of Rockland History on Monday, December 18th, right after the morning show. Please do tune in and visit the Historical Society's website to find out about all the other wonderful events and programs on tap, including our holiday programs, St. Nicholas Day, and our candlelight tours of the historic Jacob Lavelt House. To learn all about our events, exhibitions, and programs, visit our website at rocklandhistory.org or call us at 845-634-9629. You can follow us on Facebook. Twitter, and now you can find us on Tumblr as we have a blog at Rockland History. 
Don't forget that many of our broadcasts are archived. Just go to our landing page and type radio in the search box. I'm Claire Sheridan. Thanks for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR.com.